Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Oh, it's so great to be able to have a part of our children's church here because we can't have them meeting together. And I, I'm, I'm glad to see it every Sunday to remind us that everyone in the church has a place and is important from the littlest to all of us who are, well, we, we have a tough time remembering back then. Uh, and it's also wonderful to hear them every week saying things like, tell others about Jesus. And this month we're focusing on our missions who we just heard and were reminded, whether they're close to home or across the globe, they're telling others about Jesus. This month, September, it's been a month where we've done that and we continue to do that, highlight those that we support as a church. And many of you, so many of you have been faithful to that effort and we so appreciate it as do uh, the missionaries. I just received an update from OSI and these missionaries, they always write a little note of thanks for the support that Bethesda is giving as a church. They're grateful. I want to extend that to you. That they're thankful that they have this support. They, can, they know. They can count on it. And it's very helpful for us to be able to plan. So as you leave today, you can pick up a little faith promise form uh, at the giving boxes on your way out. If you don't do that, you can get that form online at yourbcc.org and fill it out. Let us know so that we can plan next year and we can let the missions know that they will continue to be supported for 2021 because they're doing great, great work and they're telling others about Jesus. Uh, we continue to talk about how we can do that uh, this morning. I'm going to continue on our theme of recenter, and I'll begin with just a, a little anecdote about something that uh, happened yesterday to me. We had a visitor yesterday at our house. We had a four-legged visitor, you know, the type of visitor that has four legs and a tail, a dog, and it it's my son-in-law-to-be's dog. My son-in-law-to-be, Justin, he has a nice dog. It's a little, very, very well-behaved uh, little dog that's, uh, I believe, part border collie, smart, and doesn't make noise or bark or anything. And uh, I could be petting and scratching that dog's head all day long. It just loves that. And... There I was yesterday scratching the dog's head, but we have a patio door that opens to our backyard. It's, uh, our yard has many trees, and if you live in Michigan, you know if you have trees and such, we have many squirrels, many. They are everywhere, and that little dog, no matter how smart she is, when that squirrel walks by the deck, woof, the dog is off, nose to the window, and uh, on that squirrel, 
And the squirrel moves. The dog runs across the room up onto the, the top of the chair, looking out the next window because of that squirrel. And uh, squirrels, they can just so capture the attention of a, a dog. It reminded me of the movie Up. You remember the movie Up? And there was great scenes of dogs and squirrels in that movie. And it was, it was the funny line throughout the movie. It's just the one word, squirrel. And every time the word squirrel came up, the dog went, oh, squirrel. It didn't matter what was going on. There's a scene where the little boy, the little main character, he's, uh, he's in trouble. The dogs are after him. And all he does is he says, hey, squirrel. And they all turn and they crash and uh, they just get off mission. This whole pack of dogs was on a mission for the little guy. And he just says, squirrel. Boom, they crash. And there was that little picture uh, Pastor Rob had in his video of the, the cat that said, I hate dogs. Well, there's a scene in that movie where the dog, after that, he crashes because of the squirrel. He's like, I hate squirrels. They cause such a distraction. And if we use that for a little image in our own lives, we got a lot of squirrels in our lives, don't we? Things that pull our attention away, take us off our mission, off point. And sometimes the little squirrels in our lives, they can be things like petty disagreements that try and test our Christianity. They take us off point. I'm uh, sure you've heard this one about the, the good Christian man that was stranded on a deserted island for 20 years. You probably heard it, but I'll remind you anyway. When he was finally found, when he was finally rescued, his rescuers, they noticed he had three structures on this deserted island. So they asked, hey, what's that, what's that hut over there? And the man who'd been stranded for 20 years said, oh, well, that, that's my house. I built that to live in. Well, then the rescuers pointed to the, to the second structure, and they asked, well, what's that over there? And the man replied, oh, that's my church. He had a big, bright smile on his face. Well, then the rescuers pointed to the third building, said, well, what's that one over there? Hmm, the man responded. That's where I used to go to church. Before the split. Little squirrel got in his head or in his life, right? There's a little reality in all of humor. What's the reality in that little joke? Sometimes there's contention among Christians. You know, so much so, we might be the source. And we might be the squirrel. We might be the... the Reason someone else's attention is diverted from the mission. You know, or our attention's been captured by some petty little thing. A contention. An offense. And it's you know, like, a, like a squirrel that just takes us away. And I know I'm... I'm uh, 
I'm going to mix metaphors here, but sometimes these things, they're small. They're like molehills. We turn them into mountains. And we're pretty good at that. We're pretty good at taking mole hills and turning them into mountains. But what does God's word tell us about this? If it's an offense, an issue, a contention with someone, God's word tells us to deal with it and take care of it. So the mole hills of life, the little squirrels that cause us to get off point, they get taken care of. But sometimes they can be quite serious. They can be beyond just a trifling little contention. And they can be completely justified. I spoke about uh, one such instance last week. If you were here or connected with us online, it was from 1 Corinthians chapter 5. There was a man in very grievous sin. He was sleeping with his father's wife. And the apostle Paul counseled to put that man out of the church. He was to be excommunicated, turned over to Satan. Now, in that instance, there was a good and there was a justified reason for this split. There was sin in the church. And sin in the church isn't to be tolerated. It's not to be condoned. It's to be dealt with. Yet Paul wrote that this split in the church, putting the man out, it had a purpose. And the purpose was that the sinning man would come to repentance, that he would be saved, that his soul would be saved, that there would be reconciliation, ultimately. And that did occur if you read 2 Corinthians. It's unfortunate, though, that the trifling and the the small contentions within the church, these little squirrels of distraction, as well as the, the serious, really serious issues like those who wander from the faith and they fall into sin, these things that result in pain and separation, and all of them, whether they're the insignificant or whether they're the serious, the unfortunate thing is they're all too common. They're all too common, and they're all too common even within Christianity. And we were um, given a hint about that from the treehouse this morning. What's, what's to be our focus? What's to be our, our purpose? And we're taken off of our purpose when we're distracted. But we have a purpose and we have a focus that we're uh, that's our mission. And it's the cause of the gospel of Jesus. Now, last week we considered refocusing or recentering on sacrifice, giving up something, giving up something for a greater cause. And I talked about some causes that might be noble, but the, the gospel, now there's a, there's a cause. Jesus, he had presented uh, an image that was well known to the Roman-occupied world. The world of the first century was well acquainted with Jesus' words when he presented the image of a cross, the image of a, a tool of execution. And Jesus said, deny yourselves and take up your cross 
and follow me. And then Jesus, he was literally hanged from a cross. He gave his life as a ransom for sin. And what we concluded last week was that following Jesus required denying ourselves, denying ourselves of our sinful ways, turning from that, putting aside those things. And sometimes that requires sacrifice. Sometimes it's not so easy, putting aside our inner lusts and our inner desires. And that doesn't mean we're all called to sacrifice other things like our homes and our livelihoods and become missionaries on a different continent. But we are all called to give up our lives of sin in recognition of the blood sacrifice that Jesus made by going to that cross. The cross of Christ is the reason that we have eternal life, that we're going to enjoy eternal life. And it's the reason that we've been freed from death and hell and the grave because of the cross. Because of the cross, none of that has power over us. And then we're given the mission, we're given the cause by Jesus himself to proclaim that good news to others. He's pointed us to that. That's our mission. But how well are we going to be doing if we're bogged down and we're distracted by silly little arguments or disagreements or even serious sin in the church? You know, these things divert our attention. They steal our attention. And the enemy, our enemy, Satan, that's what he seeks. He wants to sidetrack us. He wants to take us off mission. He wants to steal our focus and get it off the cause of Christ. So this morning, let's recenter on the cause. Let's recenter on cause, the cause of the church, the cause of all the missions that we're supporting, the cause that for all of us personally, we've been directed to by Jesus himself, and that is the good news, the gospel of salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at an example from uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians about how diversions can happen. Now, it's going to be a brief account, and it comes from, uh, as I said, Paul's letter to the church in the city of Philippi. And as just a matter of brief background, Philippi was a very Roman city. It was even called Little Rome because of all the Roman citizens that were there in this city. Many uh, retired military, Roman military people. And Philippi was the first city on the continent of Europe that Paul evangelized, that he brought the gospel to. Just outside the city, Paul and his uh, traveling companions, uh, he was with Silas, Timothy, others. They met a group of women. Paul was looking for the place of prayer, it says, in uh, the book of Acts chapter 16. And he met a group of women, and he began to preach the gospel. And the very first convert there just outside the city of Philippi was a woman named Lydia. And her whole household was saved and baptized, and uh, they welcomed uh, Paul into the house. They actually said, "If, if you believe we've come to Christ now, come on, stay with us. And then sometime later... Paul and Silas, they were wrongfully accused of causing insurrection in the city. They were arrested. 
they were stripped, they were beaten with rods, and they were thrown in the deepest cell in a prison, and they were put in stocks. Well, I ask a question, how distracting could that be? Would that take you off of your mission? That's, that, that's like, a, like a whole uh, pack of squirrels. That's just not one. But Paul stayed centered on his mission. If you read Acts 16, you find out that he focused on Jesus. Uh, Him and Silas, they're there in that prison. What did they do? Complain or rail against Caesar and his prison system? Talk about the injustice? No, you know what they did? They chose to praise God. They chose to glorify the name above all names. Nothing can stand against that name. And they knew that. And then what happened as they worshiped and they prayed and they praised God in the prison cell? They were miraculously freed. There were an earthquake came. They were set free from their prison cells. The stocks fell off of their feet. And the jailer, what did the jailer do? The jailer actually wanted to die, but Paul shared the gospel with them. Paul shared Jesus with the jailer. He didn't, he didn't go off focus. He didn't lose the fact that he was still on a mission. And the jailer and his entire family were saved. And a church began in this city, a church began in this city of Philippi because of this evangelizing. Now, years later, while Paul imprisoned again, this time in another city, it was likely Rome, he wrote a letter to this church in Philippi, and he commended them. He commended the believers there for their prayers. He mentions their early faith. He tells them that oh, God began a work in them, and he's going to complete it. He commended the Philippian church for their help. When Paul was in prison, and what did the Philippians do? They sent help to him. They sent a helper named Epaphroditus. In fact, Paul was using Epaphroditus to be a courier, to bring the letter back to the Philippians. But Paul hints in this letter that there might be some little squirrels in the church, little diversions, little distractions. And Paul wrote some things like this. Chapter 1, verse 27, he said, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Strive together as one. Chapter 2, verse 5, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Later in chapter 2, verse 14, do everything without grumbling or arguing. In chapter 3, Paul began to write about those who opposed the gospel. And it was the Jews who were pushing the works of the flesh. And Paul wrote, watch out for these evildoers. Don't put your confidence in the flesh. Put your confidence in Jesus. And after expounding on that, at the end of chapter 3, Paul wrote, join together. 
joined together and following my example, for I've often told you, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Well, these enemies of the cross of Christ, Paul wrote as he closed chapter 3, their minds are set on earthly things. That's their, their, their destruction. And that's their destiny. Their destiny is destruction. But he said, you, Christians, our citizenship is in heaven where Jesus, who is resurrected, is going to resurrect you. And you're going to have a glorious body like his. Now, do you see kind of a thread here from chapter 1, 2, 3? There's some hints here that there might have been some disunity in your relationships. Have the same mind as Christ. Strive together as one. Do everything without arguing. Join together. These are words that talk about oneness. And that's the strength of the church. Being one, staying centered, staying focused on the cause. Then chapter 4 begins. Chapter 4. And I want to read to you Philippians 4, verses 1 through 3. Paul wrote, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. In this way. Stand firm in this way as one, together, Why? Because there's enemies of the cross of Christ. They're evildoers. So have your mind set on that and not on the earthly things. Paul wrote on, verse 2. I plead with Yodia, and I plead with Synthache to be of the same mind in the Lord. Now this harkens back to chapter 2. In your relationships, have the same mind as Christ. Verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, and that might be a reference to Epaphroditus who was carrying the letter, or it might be even a reference to Timothy. I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Paul wrote of oneness, staying together. Now what was going on with Yodia and Synthache? What was their issue? There was some kind of distraction in their relationship. Yeah, a squirrel of some kind had distracted them. And it was causing an issue In their relationship, their attention was diverted. They had contended at the side of the apostle in the cause of the gospel. And now their eye was no longer on that cause. We don't know what the issue was. Paul doesn't tell us. Was it a molehill? Was it a mountain? I don't know. Whatever it was, it was significant enough to make its way from Philippi to wherever Paul was in prison. Now, I don't know if Epaphroditus brought it and talked about, uh, talked about it to Paul. Oh, Paul, Yodia, Synthache. Oh, they got issues. They're not getting along. Ah, there's trouble. They're broken. You remember how they contended at your side? They were helping you preach the gospel. 
They're not together anymore. They're busted up. Their eye is off the cause. I don't know, had one fallen to the, the teachers who had been bringing in the Judaism, they're tempting people away from Christ. We don't know. But what we know is this. This is the first mention in God's word of Yodia and Syntyche. And it's the last. The one time that they're mentioned, it's not for their unity. It's for their division. That should be an example to us. It should cause us to take a minute to think about it. And Paul said, help them. He said, they need some help. Help them. Help them to come back together as one. Because the cause of the gospel suffers when we're at odds with one another. Now, if we're trifling over this issue or, or that offense, we can get distracted. And those little things, those little things can cause a great distraction. I've been doing some projects. And you, know, you, can, you can hammer and nail and paint, do all kinds of things. And I, I can smack my finger with a, a hammer. Ow! Oh, you know, wrap it up and move on. I got this little teeny cut right next to my nail and my thumb. And it like kills my whole body. This little teeny thing is such a pain and a distraction. And that's, that, that, that's what's going on here. Something that shouldn't be taken over has taken over. Paul says, bring them back. Because the gospel is suffering when when we're distracted by such, a, such a, the, these issues that we shouldn't be distracted about. And it takes us off the cause, the greatest cause that we've been assigned, and that's the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, how can we share Jesus when our example is one of division? And the answer is we really can't. We, we need to be together as one, sharing the gospel. And that's not always easy. It's not always easy to share the gospel. Remember when Paul was in Philippi the first time and sharing Christ and caused such an issue, he was stripped and beaten, thrown in a dungeon. No wonder he said these women contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Contend implies sometimes putting, uh, putting a, a struggle and difficulty. There's, there's opposition. And you know, you can't struggle against an opposition. You can't fight an oppressor when you're divided. You know, when there's division within your own ranks. Paul said, these women had contended with me. But the enemies of the cross, oh, they'd rather see us Christians fighting and arguing. They'd rather see us divided and contending because then we're not going to be preaching Jesus. No, put aside those differences. Put aside those things. Stop chasing the squirrels. Strive together in the cause of the gospel as one. What kind of things does the enemy put before us? What kind of squirrels would the enemy have us 
chasten, to distract us, to divide us. How about masks? Is wearing or not wearing a mask cause division? Meeting in the church building or not meeting in the church building? The upcoming election. Certainly that hasn't strained any relationships, right? Nah, nothing's going on there. What about all the turmoil that's happening in the cities across the nation responding to that? What should we do when the national anthem is played? You know, it's been suggested to me that I should be preaching about any one of these issues. That I should come up here and take a side and preach on this. You know what I'd rather do? I'd rather do what Paul the Apostle would have us all do. And he said, join together in following my example. For I have often told you many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Now his example was when he was wrongly beaten, when he suffered injustice, when he was thrown in a, a dungeon, he didn't rail about the injustice. You know, when the earthquake struck and he was freed from his prison cell and the jailer was going to kill himself, Paul didn't say, go ahead and kill yourself because you threw me in prison unjustly. No, he began to preach Jesus. He stayed on his mission. He stayed on point. And he didn't fall victim or, or pray to this getting sucked into something that he shouldn't have been arguing and fighting about. He preached Christ. And he said, don't kill yourself. Let me tell you about someone who died for you. And his name's Jesus. And Paul preached Jesus to the man. When the man was saved and his family was saved. But the enemy would have us divided. The enemy would want us divided about coronavirus protocols or whatever. And have me preaching on politics or some other cause. Instead of preaching Christ. I don't want to preach Christ. The enemy wants us chasing squirrels. He wants us preaching on division. And that's a diversion. The Lord says preach the gospel. And we have the greater cause, all of us. And that, that, that cause, you know the cause of the gospel of Jesus? It's the cure-all. It's the cure for all of this stuff. It's cure, cure for the division. It's a cure for the hatred. It's a cure for all of it. Jesus is the cause that brings reconciliation. You know what? The jailer and the inmate were reconciled because of Christ. They could have fought with one another. But the apostle didn't do that. Church, I plead with you. I plead with you. As Paul pleaded with Yodia and Syntyche. Be one. Strive together. Contend at one another's side in the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no higher purpose. There is no loftier aim. There is no greater cause than the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's stand and pray and close our service this morning. Father God, in the name of Jesus, if we've been pulled and, and 
and tempted to go off into this fight or argue that thing or be divided about something. God, I just pray for oneness in the body of Christ. Oneness in the body. Lord, as Paul pleaded for help with Yodia and Synthache, God, I plead for your help for all of us that we wouldn't be distracted by these things and pulled off of our mission for Jesus. God, recenter us, refocus us on the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord. Lead us, God. Guide us. Direct us. Keep us on that mission. Lord, when we're tempted to listen to that talk radio or get pulled in on that argument or whatever it is, God, help us. Clear our minds. Lord, recenter us on the purpose of Jesus. Let us see everything as an opportunity to share Jesus and his purpose and his mission. God bless your people. Lord, use them. Use them. Lord, if there's any petty differences among any one of us, help us to resolve them and settle them so that we can contend at one another's side for the cause of Jesus. Help us in that, God. Help us. Bless your people, Lord. Carry them today. Give them opportunities to share. Lord, and we look forward to what you're going to do in each and every life, in each and every heart. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, amen. Amen.